0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Good afternoon, Blog Talk listeners. Chuck Morse, Monday through Friday. Chuck Morse speaks as I launch into a week of broadcasting here. I had yesterday and Monday off due to observing the uh, traditional Jewish holiday of of uh, Shemoneh Esreh and Simchas Torah. Simchas Torah, by the way, is a pretty interesting day in, in Judaism in that anyone can go into the con- into the synagogue on Simcha's Torah, and receive an aliyah to the Torah. Uh, you go up and you uh, basically chant the introductory uh, messages and prayers to uh, to a reading of the Torah, and everyone in the synagogue gets to go up. It's very moving, actually, to watch people show up at a synagogue and people who have, haven't been there for years... Uh, and I love to listen particularly to a lot of the elderly people because they pronounce Hebrew in the real old-fashioned Yiddish tonality. It's really an amazing thing to listen to. So that's what I was up to yesterday, but I am back here at Blog Talk Radio, manning the store. You're welcome to join me. Six. The, the number, if you'd like to join the conversation, is, thank you, I'll be all right, 9849 nine, nine. Without further ado, let me welcome aboard my good friend Dr. Samuel L. Blumenfeld. Sam is the author of NEA, Trojan Horse in American Education, The Whole Language OBE Fraud, and many other excellent books dealing with the topic of the conspiracy to destroy American education. Sam, how are
2: you? Fine, fine. Good to be with you today.
1: Well, Sam, a lot's happened since we spoke last week. I would say in the presidential race.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's, it's turned around terrifically, and that's because finally the public got a chance to see what what um, Romney really stands for and what he offers the public. While that's previous right. to that, they were they were being deluged with uh, negative, uh, you know, negative uh, TV ads showing him to be some kind of a monster. And uh, of course, what they've uh, uh, what, what, what they've hitched on since they they really can't do much about you know, criticizing his program, which is what Americans really need. So they've decided to concentrate on Big Bird. You know, oh, it's and, pathetic. But the, but the most important part of the big bird is that um, uh, Romney said that we're not going to continue um financing programs if we have to borrow money from China to do it. I mean which, it was a wonderful which makes line. an awful lot of sense, you know. And it that's was a just wonderful the beginning. Uh, you know, that applies to many other uh, particular um uh, you know like the national uh, endowment for the arts uh, the national and uh, all of these programs that were created by johnson uh you know back in the days when they felt that they had an endless supply of money and didn't know what to do with it see that's the problem with congress you give them more money and they are determined to find something to spend it on rather than reduce taxes absolutely and in those so. days, in those days, America was flush with money, and so Johnson decided to create his new, you know, what he called the Great Society, which incidentally is is a, a title of a book written by a, a British socialist, Graham mm-hmm. Wallace. And uh, he passed all of these programs because he had a Democratic House, Democratic Senate, and a, and and uh, and he just decided to. Uh, you start the NPR, the National Radio, the Public Radio, and sure. all of that, and now it's come to a head. We've just spent too much money. We don't have the money anymore. We have to borrow it. You know.
1: No, absolutely, and I think that for the for the first time in years, and certainly for the first time in this election, uh, people got to see Mitt Romney without any filters, without any media spinning it negatively. Without them showing him in his worst light possible, no interpretation, and the format was tremendous because it allowed both candidates to just go at it with each other and, and engage with each other, and we got to see a lot about Mitt Romney and that the media can't filter because it was there. It was. I mean, you can't uh, you can't get around it. So, uh, That's
0: right. I, and, and, I think that, the, that yeah. I mean that that of,
1: contrasted very well. When when compared to Obama, who I think, as I've said, he was somebody who has not actually strew, strode out onto the field in his entire career. Everything with him is either the teleprompter, or he's managed. He's surrounded by yes people who you know kind of kiss his foot, and and you know media people who fawn on him, and uh, and he really hasn't been able. He hasn't really gone out and met. Uh, in an unvarnished setting with with a real opponent, and uh, and I think it shows. It wasn't just even Mitt Romney. Recently, he appeared on a uh, on a Hispanic television program, a very big one.
0: Yeah. And
1: he was he was expecting you know people to you know genuflect and and bow, but the host there took him on with both fists. It was amazing, and he crumbled. I mean, he didn't know. It was like he became very. Petty and petulant, and you know he he took on all those characteristics that he took on during the debate. And the third third example, of course, was the sixty Minutes interview, which, oh, uh, yes. yeah, I mean Mitt, Mitt Romney was was very comfortable with who he was. But Mitt Romney's very normal, you know. Whereas yeah. you had Barack Obama getting very snippy and very kind of you know nose bent out of shape, you know, over some of these questions. How dare you ask me this? It, it's like he just doesn't want to he, – he, he, it's like he really can't handle, you know, It's sort of like, um, you know, it's like what Jack Nicholson said in that movie, A Few Good Men. You want the truth? Well, you can't handle the truth.
2: Exactly. As a matter of fact, I think the most telling point was at the very end when Lara asked them to, you know, deliver a, a kind of summing up. And Romney did a very good job of stating what he wants uh, to do for America – while um, Obama was just bumbling and, and rambling, and, and he sounded yeah. like he, he didn't know what what he was going to do. Oh, it's and, awful! And, and, and it's amazing to see how the liberals are doing everything in their power to call Romney a liar, an actor. I mean, all you have to do is, is you know, look at what that you know the the leg tingler is saying about. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, that's it's right. ludicrous and and then, um, as you know, Romney gave a speech before v m i Virginia mm. military and that's President right Very of good foreign policy, yeah, and the New York Times editorial yesterday is taking him to task. Well, he's not making specifics, you know, they want actual specifics, they don't talk about the failure of of romney' of of Obama's state department not providing security for his own ambassadors oh, I you know, know. in it Libya. Oh. And of course, yep. uh, I believe that uh, Hillary Clinton should resign that position because she was in charge during that whole fiasco. And hmm. the blood uh, 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 of the killings of those men in Benghazi is on her hands. She you should
1: know, Sam, be- it's, it's becoming more apparent. Yeah, and I think it's something that is going to come up. It's uh, it's really a scandal that uh, they actually pulled um, American security p- personnel out of of Benghazi, and, and this was against what the ambassador was asking for. And uh, you know, they're, you're right. I mean, it's it's a terrible abrogation of responsibility on the well, part of the only, government.
2: Yes, and not only that, but but after the attack. I mean, somebody went into the wreckage there and picked up the ambassador's diary. I mean, there oh, was God. laying on the floor, you know, right. of this wrecked building, and he finally gets the diary and reads it and finds out that that uh, the ambassador was frightened by yeah. what might happen to him, and and certainly. Uh, Hillary Clinton must have known of, of that. She's the she is the Secretary of State. You know she is that's responsible right. for the lives of her ambassadors, and you know it's because they refuse to. Ref, you know uh, now that um, Obama has killed um, uh, Osama bin Laden, th- that's supposed to end the the war on terror. That's supposed to end it.
0: Well, that's what of a course. Big.
1: Yeah, that that of course was the sort of the narrative, as it were, and uh, and yet there's no war end to the war on terror, and uh, there's uh, Mitt Romney on the other hand, I think poses a very kind of conservative, nothing flashy, you know, kind of a middle of the road attitude, which is that the United States is going to go back to um, our our traditional approach to foreign policy, which is a vigorous support of our allies,
0: and right. a strong
1: opposition to our enemies, none of this sort of wishy-washy stuff where, where we go in and you know give speeches in Cairo and talk about that we've, we've known Islam on three continents, like yeah. what, what Obama did. I mean, it's, a, you know, and I think that that's resonating with people, kind of like, it's very similar to the message that was, uh, was delivered by Warren G. Harding back in 1920, return to normalcy, you know, after yes, the yeah. years of Wilsonian internationalism and you know, war and world order and uh, you know League of Nations. He was like, we're going to get back to the traditional approach here, and and put America first. And uh, we're not going to go into the League of Nations. We're going to, which he opposed along with Henry Cabot Lodge, as you know. Right. And we're going to uh, we're going to conduct our foreign policy in a manner that supports our friends and opposes our enemies. You know, supports uh, uh, American
2: interest right and and of course, that was a very important um, return to normalcy, so to speak, because Americans did not want to get involved in that war basically that's right well and, it was a terrible and, mistake. well and well and from what we know now, that whole thing was planned by colonel house and right. um uh, who wanted to get us into that war, and uh, Wilson. Sure. The internationalists and
1: uh, That's right Ooh. It was an utterly unnecessary war We had no axe to grind In that European war You know, Parks on both their houses We had nothing to do with it And it was a big mistake And I think Americans knew it And I think that in this particular election Getting back to today um, I think the left has exposed itself In a way that we should point out And we should exploit ourselves Because it's an opportunity to to learn and to instruct. Yes. And that is that their entire campaign has been to attack Mitt Romney for being something that we all, most Americans admire, including most poor Americans. Most people right. who are struggling. And that is that Mitt Romney is a successful businessman.
0: Exactly. I mean, that's a
1: good thing. That's not a bad thing. And the entire droning campaign... You know, is he's doing business? he is rich. He's made money, and uh, and you know, it's something well, that I it, think
2: it's the class struggle. You know, class warfare. Yeah, it, it is. Amazing. And Sam,
1: this is this is a leftist idea. It's a communist idea that I believe was imported from Europe. It is runs and it's anathema to American sensibilities. Uh, most Americans do not embrace it. You obviously have a cadre of leftists in this country that's unfortunately bigger than it should be, but, you know, it doesn't resonate with average people. Average people in this country, most Americans, understand that we want to expand business. We want to gain more prosperity. We want to have more opportunities to – we want to see our businesses get richer so that they can – build new branches and get into new ventures and then employ more people and create more
0: goods and services,
1: that this is a good thing. And this is exactly what Mitt Romney represents.
2: It's exactly
1: what his career has been. And in a sense, the left, I think, is making Mitt Romney by actually emphasizing an aspect of his personality and character and career that we most people resonate with and they just don't get it they seem to think that this is somehow something that people are going to criticize oh he's a millionaire oh isn't that terrible not at all i think that most people look upon that and they say good maybe he can help me get more successful and that's exactly what mitt romney said and what he what he talked about very clearly during the debate. I think it's what Paul Ryan is all about, what he's going to say in his debate. And I, I just think that, you know, if Americans can understand this and realize that this is a return to not, you know, Amer- when I say American values, I don't mean that in a chauvinistic sense because they're, value, they're human values, they're values that any nation can embrace. In other words, values of self interest. of of, of family, of personal preservation, of personal success, that these are good things, and it's good that people are succeeding. (laughs) We want to have more people succeed.
2: Right, right. (laughs) But you know, a very interesting thing, there's a new film out about Obama's uh, real father. I don't know if you're familiar with that particular film. Oh,
1: yeah, sure. Uh,
2: What is it, Gilbert? Yeah, and... uh, he, he said so. He, he Dreams was, of my he, real
1: father,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? And and he was on the national press uh, show, uh, you know, the national press. I saw that. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. And he, he mentions as he mentions something that's that solved the problem for me, because I could not understand how Axelrod, who had gone to Stuyvesant High School,
0: mm-hmm. could
2: uh, be so far to the left. But then he said that Axelrod's parents were We're communists communists. and that Axelrod is a red diaper baby. Just like Obama. Right, he's a red diaper baby. And I've noticed how they've played down, during all of these debates and the campaigns, they've all played down Obama's true communist background. Yes, and and I guess because they think that that's going to turn people off, uh, the Republicans. Well, they, the media they're, has they're, right. The Republicans and certainly uh, certainly Romney has not accused Obama of of any left wing you know affiliations or anything like. He hasn't even used the word socialism. Well, socialist. he did during
1: he did during the debates, by the way.
2: Oh yes. um, dur- yeah. During
1: the debates the Republican debates. And uh look, Mitt Romney, you know, that's that's the kind of information that other people have to do. I mean, this is how the game is played. Mitt Romney can't get down into that. But well,
2: I yeah, think that's that- exactly and that's why uh, you know, he he's giving uh, Ob- uh he's giving Obama a tremendous advantage so that uh, Obama can claim that he's a true patriot. You yeah, know. but
1: you know, Sam, I think that the people who are bringing these things up, like Gilbert, the filmmaker who made Dreams of My Real Father, like Joe Farah over at World Net Daily, and like others, they are getting this information out. I don't know if you know this, but um, Gilbert is actually delivering millions of copies of that film to households in the – um right. in, the, Battle in, of the, in, in
2: they, the swing states. He's including New the, Hampshire.
1: Um, it's already made right. the news. I mean, people saying, oh, we're getting this right wing movie that's suddenly showing up at the door. Well, guess what? That thing is is having an impact because I think that has something to do with why the swing states are now tied, you know, that, that Obama's lead has been erased. Even in Pennsylvania, I don't know if you saw this, you know, I mean, uh, Romney has moved up to within the margin of error in a state that has traditionally been a Democrat state going all the way back you know many many decades so his lead has been erased and i think it has to do with the good work that people at places like World Net daily are doing it is making an impact you know R- romney is best to leave that alone i mean he's mentioned it well, a few but, times but he,
2: he should stress that uh, that obama wants to kill the coal industry and he coal is. is a very big thing in Oh, yeah, they, he's got
1: commercials. I've seen them about coal. Exactly, that tens of thousands of coal workers are going to lose their jobs in in uh, in Ohio and West Virginia and Pennsylvania. But but on the issue of the birth certificate and all of that, Romney made one comment about it, and he was vilified by the press. It's just not worth it. You know, you, you oh, can't Oh, I agree do with it. you. I,
2: I think that uh, Romney has to be very careful and stay away from that and let the people like Gilbert do their job exactly. You know, let's, and let's, I think
1: and I think they are doing the job. And Sam, I know that you read WorldNet Daily. Yeah. Let's not go too far into it, but there are some very rather unsavory things about uh, Barack Obama and who he is and his past. Right. Right. I mean, I mean
2: you the know fact what i Yes, the fact that we know nothing about his his school records. You know, nothing from a. Right. Occidental College, nothing from Columbia, nothing from Harvard. I mean, all of that is very sus- very suspicious. I mean, what the heck is he hiding?
0: Exactly. And, of
2: course, uh, Gilbert believes he's hiding the fact that uh, o- that Obama has used his name, Barry Sotero, his Indonesian citizenship, as a means of getting some kind of uh, advantage in these colleges. Is uh, that right? Well, yeah. You know, well, I mean, well I, you
1: know, Sam. Actually, a while it, it was relatively recently, and this is online, that a document did come out. I, I don't know if it was for Harvard or if it was for Columbia that did list Barack Obama as a foreign national. You know, as yeah, when he yeah, because he
2: was, uh, he, was uh, he became an Indonesian citizenship when he and his mother joined their Indonesian father, and he lived in Od- Indonesia. Yeah. And he went to school there, and it says on the school certificate that he was an Indonesian, and his religion was Islam. And That's his right. Name, and his father adopted him, and gave him his name Barry Sotero. You see. Now he then he comes back to the U.S. Uh, you know, to Hawaii, and mm-hmm. it turns out that his grandparents are also Reds. You know, who right, were very communist. Yeah. Yeah, they were typical uh, American communists, and
1: uh, right as was his mother.
2: Yeah, and and uh, and and of course, then he goes to this private school, this elite private school, in Hawaii, and then from there goes to Occidental, and at Occidental he actually states in his own book that the people he associated with were the Marxists.
1: Not only, not only that, but he also states in his own book that, you know, he essentially states that he had been a Muslim. Now, there's not that there's anything wrong with that, but no. it does. It's an inconvenient fact when you're running for president of the United States. And he talks about the fact that he did attend a Muslim school in Indonesia, and that he and and as such he attended, you know, Muslim uh, religious class, and he had to go to a mosque on Friday. And, uh, you know, he talks about that. He acknowledges that in his book, Dreams of My Father. Plus, uh, there was a reporter who actually went to Indonesia and interviewed his sister, his half-sister from, you know, his his father, his uh, stepfather, who said, yes, we grew up Muslim. You know, this is, uh, it was not an issue. Uh, So, you know, that's that's something that um, even uh, in an interview in 2008, with George Stephanopoulos, he inadvertently said. Uh, Stephanopoulos said, "Do you appreciate the fact that McCain is not getting into your Muslim background?" And he said, "Yes, I do." I, he's not talking about my Muslim background. And then, yeah. then immediately, uh, Stephanopoulos covered it up. He goes, "You meant Christian? Oh yes, Christian. Yes." <laughs> you know. So, so they, yeah. Um, yeah, that kind of slipped out. But, uh, you know, the fact is that. In his book, Dreams of My Father, he talks about becoming a Christian at the age of 30, around 30 years old, because of the tender ministries of the Reverend Jeremiah Wright.
2: Yeah, and Jeremiah Wright himself was originally a Muslim. So,
1: you exactly.
2: And, 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 and it's a fairly
1: strange, with due respect, you know, it's a rather uh, odd form of Christianity. I'm not sure it's necessarily
2: conventional. Well, it's uh, a very anti-Semitic form, <laughs> you know, because... And, and anti-American. Yeah, anti-American. You know, his famous line, God damn America. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's
1: radical left
2: Exactly, it, exactly. And also, but,
1: I mean, it was it was none other... It was like uh, this guy, Klein, who uh, yeah. is an establishment writer of New York Times, liberal CBS... He wrote a book about Obama. He's being shunned for it now among all the liberals.
2: Uh, Is that called the, the, the amateur. amateur? Yeah, the amateur,
1: yeah. right. And in that book, because he just did a, you know, he's written other presidential books. You know, it's just an honest, kind of straightforward book, establishment, you know, kind of even somewhat of a, um, a puff piece. But he did mention a few things in that book, including that he actually visited with the Reverend Wright and that the Reverend Wright told him that he'd been paid a considerable amount of money to be quiet about Obama. Yes. Yeah, and, and,
2: and, of course, the left will, you know, they, they won't touch that. You
1: know. They won't touch that, and he's now been, he's now persona non grata at all those fancy cocktail parties in Manhattan. That's right. <laughs> That's which right. That's the way it works. <laughs> and, the, and the other one is Moranis, who also is another left-wing writer. He wrote a you know biog- a very fawning biography of Bill Clinton, you right. know, and he's uh, he wrote a biography of Obama where he pointed out very innocently that uh, most of the material in Obama's book about himself is is made up. It's lies.
2: Well, well not only that, but it was written by Ayer. You know, people. Well, that's right. They have not. You, I found the uh, evidence that Bill Ayers actually was asked by Obama and his wife to help him with that book because he had a contract to write that book, you know, The Dreams of My Father. Mm. And he was not delivering because he could not write the book. And so they got got to know Bill Ayers and uh, they asked Bill Ayers to help him write the book. And so most of the book is basically written by Bill Ayers and not by and uh, as we all know, Bill Ayers was a bomb-throwing terrorist communist.
0: Exactly. And
2: and, and he is responsible for making that book as as uh, readable as it is. And, of course, he filled it with all kinds of stories. You know, right, he's a writer. No, yes, and communists have no qualms about lying about even personal matters.
1: Well, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's such an amazing story that it's 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 better than anything you can imagine in a fictional account and um it's still being covered up it will be covered up it's been covered up for four years it's been covered up for the years leading up to the election which makes me wonder sam there's a lot invested in obama the uh establishment that we talk about the left-leaning establishment they have an agenda in the next four years um Actually none other than um Dick Morris is getting into this in a new book that he just came out with right. called Black Helicopters. Oh, which yes. uh, gets into a lot of the stuff that you've talked about all these years. The John Burt Society has talked about. This idea that um that there's going to be the American people are gonna be taxed not by the US Congress but by the United Nations.
2: Oh yeah, that, that's in the works.
1: And yeah, and, and, and that uh Dick Morris gets into the specifics on that. The Law of the Sea Treaty, these other treaties, the uh you know, the Agenda twenty one treaty coming out of uh Rio and and all of these things he, he shows Obama is on board with and that it will all be implemented in his second term.
2: Well, because not only Obama, but his Secretary of State—you know, she's in favor of, of all of that, Hillary.
1: Of course. And then he's—and then what's going to happen is John Kerry will become Secretary of State. Yes. So you have in place. This is something that the internationalists have been pushing for since the days of Wilson, probably before that, and it really uh, worries. Well world! It's,
2: it's world government. That's what they yes, always wanted. Yes, it is. Wanted.
1: Uh, and it worries me, Sam, because these are people at the top of the power structure. They're the richest. The biggest corporations are involved. You know, the, what what Occupy Wall Street calls the top 1%, which, of course, what they won't tell you is that that top 1% is predominantly left-wing. And that this is something that they've, they want to do come hook or crook. And with with Mitt Mitt Romney, with with Obama in there for a second term, in a position where he'll be basically a lame duck because he can't run again. He'll never have to face the voters again.
0: Right.
1: And and with his Pashad for doing an end run around Congress with regard to these executive orders, including one that was issued in March of this year, that basically allows him to declare martial law under very flimsy – circumstances very vague circumstances and right. basically nationalize all property and all communication in the United States i mean not that they that they're going to go that far but the point is that um i bring that up only because it's an example of the 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 patient, as it were of this administration for execu- for issuing executive orders as a way of governing now that's well, if yeah, obama that's is reelected then yeah. then that's going to be um we might as well I mean, I think that this country will survive it. I think that we still have enough people in this country who are patriotic and and there'll be a major, you know, at least uh, ideological uprising, if not more, and and that we'll get through and we'll probably get back. But, But it's going to be four miserable years. It's going to be a further slide away from the basic freedoms that we all have come to expect. And, and it's just uh, with that kind of power and that kind of firepower behind Obama, that that kind of determination, those kind of cadres who are not going to stop until they get what they want because they believe in it. They're, yes, they're, they're uh, ideological. They they believe that what they're doing is good. They believe that you know, look, the Nazis believed that what they did was good too. I mean, they believed that uh, the Holocaust was a way of. Um, improving the human race by getting rid of dangerous biological species i mean they 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 went they marched people to the gas chambers believing that what they were doing was moral you know so i don't question their sense of rightness i only point out that with that kind of call to action backed by that kind of power that kind of financial power that kind of political and world power i just don't know if they can be stopped I just don't know. Well, we'll see.
2: If Romney, Romney seems to be picking up an awful lot of steam. He is, and uh, and, and Romney were, is
1: not necessarily our hundred percent cup of tea either.
2: No, but, no, but, but he's a heck of a lot better. You yeah, know?
1: but the um, thing is that I think that they're not going to let it happen. I mean, I, I hate, I'm sorry to say that, but I really, just a gut feeling. What do I know? Here I am, you know, this kind of. You know, two bit talk show host sitting here in Boston. I don't know anything. I, nobody talks to me. I don't have any inside information. Right. But I just, I've, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I've been watching the political developments on a daily basis for the past 10 years and, and longer, going all the way back. And I just feel that these people are, are not going to step aside.
2: Well, of it doesn't course matter. Not. If if uh, if Romney is elected, you can imagine what kind of a press he's going to get from the liberal from the well, left.
1: Well, what I'm saying, no, what, what I'm saying is that he, that Romney won't be elected, Sam. I'm saying that they're going to find a way to make sure that Obama stays. And and I'll tell you one of the ways I think it's going to happen.
0: uh uh-huh.
1: Aha. Um, are you familiar with this group called the uh, William Brennan Institute? William Brennan Institute? No. Yeah. What is that? Well, you know who William Brennan was, of course. He was a supreme, very ultra liberal Supreme Court justice, right. who who viewed the Supreme Court as almost a um, a continental Congress that they could sit there and just make it up, you know, yeah. make up laws. Well, right. this William Brennan Institute, which got a seven point five million dollar check from George Soros back yeah. in a couple of years ago to get started, they are the ones who hatched this whole conspiracy theory. About voter fraud, that conservatives and conservative governors, particularly in Florida and Ohio, are trying to implement voter reform as a way to keep African Americans and minorities from voting, yes, yes,, I'm sure you've heard this kind of rumble,
2: oh yeah, yeah, you know this that uh, the um the i d the voter i d exactly.
0: you Which,
2: know is is preventing, but it's doing just the opposite in in Georgia. That because when you go to the trouble of getting a voter ID, that makes sure you're going to vote because you've paid the That's price. Right. You're going well, to vote. Sam, look, so the it, whole thing it has just the opposite effect, actually. And the whole
1: thing is absurd because, first of all, it's insulting and racist to black people because black people have just as much ability and just as much of a sense of having proper ID as do white people. I hate to break it to them but most yeah, black well, people have id
2: you know well, you need and, you know, id and, to- and, uh, you know if you, uh, most uh, black people have driver's licenses exactly and they, and they have to have ids for particular situations and so that's nothing new that's nothing well it's not new but the
1: but what they're claiming is that um and, and and i think that people who don't have proper id are people who are not all that inclined to vote anyways you know it's not like They've got bigger problems. First of all, a lot of them may be illegal aliens, or so they might— who knows? But the point is that they are making this into an issue, and they and they mean business. They've got the attorney general helping them—that uh, that being uh, Eric Holder,
0: who right. has put
1: a stay on the ability of the state of Texas to have voter ID by using the Voting Rights Act of 1965, mm-hmm. and uh, which only applies to southern states, by the way and and other means by which they're going to stop this movement for voter id. Now I heard the other day right after the debate when the left was just reeling with rage that that Obama had done so poorly. Um Rachel Maddow, do you ever watch her over on MSNBC?
2: Occasionally. I can't stand her, but occasionally I watch her. You have
1: to check out because it gives you I, neither can I, but it's it's what the opposition's doing. She yeah. and Ed Schultz and O'Donnell and all those MSNBCers, yeah. it's a pretty reliable glimpse at what the left is, is planning. And they were just going on and on, and, and Al Sharpton, of all people, yeah. on about this attempt by the Republicans to steal the election. Now, Sam, yeah. I'm telling you what they're going to do. I mean, just it gives me a sense of what we can expect. If the Republicans are starting to win, especially in those states like Florida and Ohio— they're going to have a swarm of lawyers to send in that state and start to challenge the vote and start to demand recounts and start to stay voting and, and doing all of these maneuvers. And they're going to stop the election that way. You know, I mean, I think that they tried to do it in 2000 with George Bush. They tried yeah. to do it to, um, to uh, Scott Walker. I don't know if you know this, it was kind of a sub story, but. Uh, you had a, a swarms. Lawyers were descending on that state like locusts
0: right, in, the, in right. the few
1: days leading up to that election because they wanted to stop Scott Walker by any means they could technically. And I, I already see the stage being set for this. I, I think that that's what they're going to try to do because they, if they can't stop the ballot box, which they're going to try to do, probably already are doing in many states, you know, they're going to come down and they're going to start to scream about um, – Voter fraud, and they're going to start to run lawsuits, and 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 they're going to do all of that. And it's a very dangerous precedent, very dangerous for a national election.
2: Well, you you may be right. I mean, that's a that's a the only way that that the, uh, the Republicans can overcome that kind of a drive is for them to have overwhelming votes in their favor. And I have a feeling that when a lot of people are going to go into that voting booth. After they've driven to the uh, to the polling place and paid, you know, four dollars. four ninety
1: nine today in Boston.
2: Yeah, four ninety nine in Boston.
1: And this and this was at the uh, the Hess station, which I I had to fill my tank this morning, and that's supposed to be cheaper than the other gas stations.
2: Right, right. And when they <laughs> when they when they go and say, do we want four more years of this? You know, they say anything is better than uh, than Obama's no, that's program. Right. That, and that I, we may get a a, a sweeping Republican pro Republican vote in this election. I have a feeling that well, that's what's going on beneath the surface. That people are beginning to look at the people in California. I mean, uh, one of the commentators who was talking about the price of gas in California was saying. People are driving less in California. They can't afford to drive their cars. Right. It's now so expensive. So don't you think that's going to have an impact on yes. certain people who are just saying, hey, Same you I know, do. yeah.
1: I think that's... it will happen. I think it's going to have to be a huge margin in order to, uh, first of all, overcome the fraud that will take place. and oh, secondly yeah. I, to I have silence no doubt the... that,
2: that what you're saying, that wherever there's a close election, those – Lawyers will descend like locusts, as you say.
1: Yeah, and also they have to have. There has to be a big enough margin to to actually overcome what I think the Democrats will try to do, which is stuff the ballot box. But also to overcome, as you as as you just pointed out, the the uh, the lawyers, and and that's what happened with Scott Walker. I mean, he won fifty three percent, which was enough. It wasn't a landslide, but well, it was but a big that, enough but then margin. The,
2: but then a judge overturned it. You know, overturned well, no, they, over, they,
1: they overturned certain things, but um, right. but the thing is, in the final analysis, I think that the state still has uh, gotten rid of collective bargaining laws I checked, and that people do not have to be in public unions.
2: Yeah,
0: which which well, is what, a, which is, is a think, real well, issue.
2: If, if 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 things develop as you say, what do you think the uh, chief justice? How he's going to react. I mean, you know, after what he's done with Obama. He's a very strange man. I don't know what to
1: make of him. I mean, the guy is really bizarre. He's not a friend. He is, you know, the the, the reasoning in that decision was so twisted. that. You know, um, uh, uh,
2: there's a new biography of Rehnquist out, and the author was uh, interviewed on C-SPAN, and he said that he believed that uh, the present chief justice has even more conservative than Rehnquist was. Well, if he's more conservative, how could he have possibly no. made that decision? It was a very know?
1: bizarre decision, and um, I wouldn't go so far as to agree with um, with, with Michael Savage, who uh, who says that Rehnquist is on a, a very high dosage of um, epileptic drugs.
2: Yeah, not not uh, Rehnquist, you mean uh, what's his name? Robert. The new one.
1: Roberts. Yeah.
2: Roberts, That yeah. that
1: that's impaired is his his wisdom. I'm not saying that. I don't think that's true, but I will say that um, I interviewed um, Federal Judge Harvey Wilkinson a while back. Yeah. He has a very good book out. He's an excellent man. He is the federal a district judge in North Carolina, and he uh, he officiated at a uh, at an event in which Roberts was the main speaker, and. Um, people got to ask questions of Chief Justice Roberts. This is on – it's on YouTube. Anyone can look at it. And um, if you listen to the course of his answers to the questions, I mean, it just seemed to me that his main focus was on what his legacy would be as Chief Justice. Mm -hmm. What are people going to think of me 30 years down the road, 50 years down the road? What kind of a legacy will I be leaving? And there was something about this intense focus on his legacy that really bothered me Mm -hmm. in that I don't know why he's worrying about legacy. Why should he care what people think? That's not what judges are supposed to do. They're not supposed to worry about their reputation, how they're going to be written about by, by, you know, biographers and by others, you know, whether they're going to be liked. That's not what their job is. Their job is to uphold the Constitution, and they're not supposed to be there. It's not a popularity contest. The whole reason why we put a judge in for life is so that they won't be swayed by these sorts of things. They won't yeah, yeah. They have to worry about whether or not people like or dislike them. They're supposed to be dispassionate. They're supposed to be objective. They're supposed to look. You know, the the, the statue of of Lady Liberty on the t- on the top of the pedestal at the Supreme Court building. She's blind. She's got blindfolds on. Justice is supposed to be blind. It's not supposed to be, you know, what people think of me. Well, that's Anyways, right. But, yeah.
2: Uh, well, that's, uh, you're absolutely right to suspect that. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so when that, he like, took
1: a look at this decision, he was thinking about the politics. What oh, are people uh, going to think of me? Yeah, How are people yeah. going to consider me? Are they going to be happy with me if I overturn this decision? Not whether or not it was constitutional, I mean, that's all they should look at: is it constitutional or not? Not what people think.
2: Well, and I mean, uh, Angels, is, he, he changed the argument. He said, "Well, it's not a, uh, uh, it's not punishment; it's a tax." You know,
1: right? We, which even Obama said, "No, it's not a tax." I mean, it's, right? You know, it's uh, you know, where does what kind of arrogance is that? You know, where they're going to make that make that ruling. And by the way, well, I think it probably is a tax. I mean, I I, I get that, you know, and, and yeah. But as such, Congress can if Congress can tax, then they can take it away. Right, and, right. And I think that Mitt Romney will, you know, even though he probably will do it kicking and screaming, I think he's oh, going to no, have. no, to,
2: he's, he's I just saw him uh, he, on TV. He's talking at at a town meeting in Ohio, and he again said we are going to repeal Obamacare. He said it. That that's right. In no he's uncertain gonna have to, terms.
0: He's gonna have uh, to do
2: it because he I mean said he's we said will it so replace many times. it with something better, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean so, you know I, I don't totally trust Romney on that. I mean, you know, but Romney can be pretty slick. But yeah. I think on this particular score he's gonna have to do do it because he has well,
2: said, so said so, it so many times. Time. He even exactly. said it uh, at the debate. And of course we have two more debates between Romney and uh, Obama. That's right. That's and right. then, of course, tomorrow we have this long-awaited debate between uh, Biden, Biden
1: and, 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 and Paul Ryan. And, Paul
2: and Ryan. I, I think Paul that
1: Paul Ryan will do very well. He's very bright. You know, he's he's very, very good. I mean, conservatives have known Paul Ryan for a long time,
0: and uh-huh.
1: he's, he's excellent. I mean, that was – to my way of thinking, that was – that made – to me, in my mind, that really made Romney by picking Paul Ryan. That was very bold because all all
2: very intelligent, I mean the fact yeah. that he chose somebody who knows something about what's going on in the Congress, you know
1: exactly, plus Paul Ryan is truly a conservative,
2: yeah you
1: know and and to my way of thinking, Romney really showed himself in in a very positive light. I think that his highest polling numbers came after he picked Paul Ryan.
2: Exactly. It was a great
1: moment, it was really, and i I was so amazed, I almost passed out.
2: And and he certainly pleased the Tea Party people by choosing Oh, absolutely
1: Ryan. I was expecting I mean, him to pick somebody who was one of these sort of wishy-washy, you know, well-liked Well, girl no, the,
2: the the top of the list was uh, the fellow from Florida, you know, uh, Marco, Marco yeah, Rubio Yeah, but, but Marco
1: Rubio would have been good, but he has a couple of ethical issues in his past
2: Yeah, no, but, but Ryan certainly is is <clears throat> is... The best that he could have possibly chosen.
0: Oh, absolutely! Incidentally,
2: you know, uh, the, uh, are you aware that Stacy Dash, his actress, has come out for oh, for Romney, and that she's yeah. getting a tremendous amount of flack from from her fellow actors and actresses?
1: Right, and from her fellow act- African Americans.
2: Oh yes, as a matter of fact. There was a program on uh, a TV with uh, several of uh, very beautiful African American uh, ladies who are conservative, and oh, yeah. how they've well, been, you know, persecuted by their own people. You know uh, something?
1: I think that I think that Mitt Romney might be able to peel off a couple of votes in the yeah, in the, the black community. Maybe,
2: maybe he can get ten percent more from them. That but would be I mean, huge
1: most that of that
2: yeah but most well, of that well a right. lot of
1: that is just you know the it's it there's an ethnic element to that i you know the Jerusalem post by the way just did a poll that they conducted over quite some time in in the united states and they discovered that 65% of americas jews are voting for for obama but that's really? down that's down from 95% yeah yeah i mean well, that's, that's huge yeah
2: so, well, you know, uh, these are,
0: these uh, are good
2: times. Uh, and, uh, you know, and am looking at what happens with the Arab Spring and how Obama, uh, now it's coming out, and of course it was even in Gil, it's even in Gilbert's film
0: mm-hmm. of
2: uh, Obama being, you know, playing footsie with all the Palestinians and the, you know, Edward Said and, and uh, Khalidi and all of these uh, People that he's on very first name uh, basis and and basically believed in the Palestinian cause, and I believe that when he became president, he thought that he could, you know, do something to help them and to, um, uh, you know, go against Israel. And but of course now we know we see what he's doing, and his treatment of Netanyahu was absolutely. Unacceptable! I mean, how can you treat a head of state? I mean, here's a guy who bows to to the Saudi, uh,
0: the Saudi uh, leader,
2: you know, and it bows and scrapes to all of the worst of the Arab leaders, and and yet when uh, when it comes to Netanyahu, we treat him uh, like dirt. Uh, but yeah, the I mean, but, absolute uh, disgrace. But, no, Sam,
1: the uh, other thing that, Obama, that can save Obama between now and Election Day, and we're talking about, I think it's just only about three more weeks. It's really that's coming right, out. That's right. Is some kind of an international incident, like a war? Uh, because
2: well, I, I, don't, if, I don't think um, uh, Netanyahu is going to start anything with Iran during this election. And, no, uh, but I don't know if
1: you saw in the paper today, but apparently um, – Leon Panetta, uh, Secretary of Defense, just gave a uh, press conference in which he said that um, that the United States is sending ch- military forces to Jordan to bolster their border with Syria. Now, well, yeah, putting Syria aside, is,
2: it, you know, the the thing about Syria is that Syria is an ally of Iran, and That's right. From its the state head of Iran. Iran- And,
1: and Sam, I'm glad he's doing it. I don't have a problem with it, except for the fact that there's been no congressional consultations. He's doing it under the auspices of NATO, which, by the way, is also strange because neither Syria nor Jordan are members of NATO. But the point is that uh, there very well might be a legitimate reason why they're doing this. I'm not necessarily opposed to it. The Assyrian conflict could spill over into Jordan, and Jordan is a very important ally. Right, exactly. But but I wonder if it's not something again. Here I'm putting on my tin hat. I admit. Yeah. But is this maybe an attempt to get the United States into some kind of a, a military adventure just before an election, as a way to sort of? You know, there's always this tendency in a in a situation like that, where people kind of rally behind the chief.
2: You, well, know, you, you know there to... are, there are an awful lot of warships now you know in the uh, gulf there right at the, what is that checkpoint you know the right, straits
1: uh, of hormuz
2: yeah the strait of hormuz because and they should be
1: there I, i'm not against that i'm just worried that there's not going to be something between now it's like the countdown of days at this point that well, are going we just you know, don't
2: know we just don't know what what is how this Syrian thing is going to uh, yeah, finally. Uh, this,
1: it, it, I'm just afraid there's going to be a, 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 a like a, an election eve surprise. You know, there's going it to be might. something. You know, like within a few days of the election, something spectacular happens. That you know, th- there's always something. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. This is like a this is a, a rather silly one, but um, you, well, you you know you, know you know we,
2: su- we suspected a lot about Clinton also. Yeah, but you speaking know, of
1: Clinton. You, you might remember that when George Bush was running against Gore in yeah. 2000, the election was Tuesday, and that Saturday, or that Sunday before the election, this was a minor story, but it hurt George Bush. It suddenly was revealed that George Bush, as a teenager, had been arrested for drunk driving in Kennebunkport, Maine.
0: Yes, yes. Remember that? I
1: remember that, yeah. And Bush had to come out of his house and talk to the press. And uh, it didn't look good, and it might have – I don't know if it cost him votes, but on the eve of an election, to have that as the headline and that this had been covered up. And I remember that the information was revealed by this lawyer up in Portland, Maine, who had been holding on to it for years and had been waiting for just the right moment to release it. And it was like a a planned – it was like a kind of a a delayed – Capsule, you know that you know when you take a me- medicine, is yeah. like it, it, he released it at that moment, and yeah. and I remember that um, he was this hippie lawyer. He was like with long hair and you know looked like William Kunstler, you know, with his <laughs> hair tied back. And I yeah. remember that the Boston media went up to interview him, and he was like practically looked like he was homeless. He was like being interviewed on the street in Portland, and he had a smile on his face. That you could, it was. He was so happy that yes, finally I'm going to get to do this. He's probably been waiting for 20 years. He was in holding on to this information, and he just released it at the right moment. I never seen a man look more more thrilled to have been to have done it. And and I'm just waiting for this to happen with Romney.
2: You know, well they, they they didn't they try it with something about his cutting off the hair of some. A hippie in, in high school?
1: Well you yeah that, that didn't go anywhere. This is going I wonder what are they saving for three you know, for like thirty eight the thirty eight hour period before the polls open.
2: You know, well, what are we you, and pay? you know and you know they've been digging. <laughs> I mean how did they pick up this story about cutting the hair off this guy? That's you know? right.
1: Of course. But that, that, that didn't have any impact. because it, it made them look stupid. Here they are. They're talking about a high school prank you know yeah. that's you know you want to you know it all that does is make Obama look bad because then we're wondering uh, where did he go to high school was it a madrasa <laughs> you know in in Java or something <laughs> so you know the point is that I don't know what it is so I think I I just hope but you know against hope that it's not but I think it might be a military incident I think it could be uh, look at that.
2: That. I don't put anything past the the left at this point.
1: Right. Uh, to
2: do everything in their power to try to retain, you know,
1: exactly. hold of the, the hold of the right on to hand. power.
2: It's what they're all about. It's what they That's do. all they're interested in is power. A- and, and with, with so
1: much at stake, four years of internationalism and all these big plans that got written out in their blueprint, they're not going to let. I, I just think, Sam, I, I can't imagine them letting that slip. You know, I mean, they're not, you know, voters be damned. I mean, it's a. Either that, or maybe uh, Mitt Romney is going to make a deal with the devil. I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, you know they're they're making it very difficult for soldiers to vote, for the military to vote.
1: Oh, really? What Especially about that? How's it? that?
2: Um, well, I've I've read that uh, that the people uh, in the military are having a very difficult time getting uh, uh, registering to vote, and you know they're so concerned about this voter ID business, and and yet they're not. They're not giving the military uh, their uh, ability to vote, and we know that most of the military would vote Republican. Uh, so they're suppressing course, the vote, then? Yes, they are suppressing the vote. Uh, look it up on the internet.
0: No, I, I've seen
2: it. I just, I, 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 you know, wanted
1: to see if you could elaborate a little bit on that, but um, no,
2: just, yeah. just in general, that the uh, that uh, there are complaints. I was listening to the radio, and there were some com- complaints uh, by one of the callers that uh, they're making it very difficult for people in the military to vote. I haven't done any any uh, you know jigging in this, but
1: isn't I'm that sure-
2: awful? Yeah, can you imagine kind
1: of- our men and women in uniform who are risking their lives, getting their foot blown off by mines in in that Af- some godforsaken corner of Afghanistan, and they're having trouble voting for the presidency? That this is what the Obama administration and the Democrats are trying to do? You know, they want to talk about voter fraud or voter suppression. I mean, this is, you know, here we have in Massachusetts, we have Deval Patrick spending, you know, something like uh, a quarter of a million dollars in state funds to make sure that everyone on welfare gets a memorandum to instruct them how to vote. Did you know about that?
2: No. You mean people on (laughs) Getting people on welfare to the polls? Yes. Uh, and something. they're going to be picking
1: them up and driving them, and they're going to spend. And this is all on the state dime.
2: Yeah. And, you
1: know, and yet here we are. You know, they can't they're, – they're suppressing the military vote. Yes.
2: Uh, so listen, we have – yeah. This state went for Reagan, didn't it? It didn't did. Mass, yes. So
1: oh, Sam, wouldn't it be a got, beautiful thing? I, I actually think that Romney might be gaining up a little bit here. If Romney no, Scott carried, Brown, oh, Scott
2: Brown is helping. Yeah. You know.
1: If if can you imagine if Romney carried Massachusetts, I would just give a, a, anything I have to see Deval Patrick's face
0: yeah.
1: when that came into the when that when that piece of news came over the wires. Yeah. Oh you know, my!
2: You know <laughs> I I drive around this area this uh, western suburb of Boston. Yes, and I and I go by some very rich houses that have Obama signs.
0: Oh, well, sure. But then, well, right, oh. right,
2: you know, and and Elizabeth Warren signs. But then oh, yeah. the next the next house will have a will have a uh, a Scott <clears throat> Brown sign. So you never know. You never know. So that might be
1: actually picking up. You know, they're, they're having their debate tonight. Um, who is, I believe uh, the last debate between Scott Brown and Hiawatha Warren. I believe uh-huh. it's sponsored by uh, Channel Two. Do you know the latest scandal with her?
2: No, what uh, you mean Elizabeth uh, Warren?
1: Yes, apparently she represented Dow Chemical in their oh, yeah. uh, because they were fending off women who had gotten toxic poisoning from their breast implants. Oh, yes. Can you imagine Elizabeth Warren, the hero of the little guy? You know, women's yeah. rights. You know, feminism. Right. I mean, she's like, you know, and and, and she's there helping screw women with bread, with 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 poison from from this chemical company.
2: Well, oh well,
1: my! I mean, can you imagine if this had been a cons- a Republican?
2: Well Brown attacked her on that whole business of He didn't uh, bring up Dow yet. He brought up no, the other no, two the which was,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, the travelers insurance where she screwed people over who had asbestos cancer and right. the uh the or, the uh, oil company that was in the coal business which screwed over their unions. But yes. but she said, Oh, I did this for asbestos victims?
0: Right I love right. I love
1: Scott Brown's comeback she to that. She turned it really? around.
2: She turned it around. Well I mean it's know?
1: absurd. I mean Scott's like wait a minute, you know, traveler's insurance gave you a quarter of a million, it wasn't giving you a quarter of a million dollars to defend the victims. I mean, well,
2: You know, then then she comes back, she says that, you know, I'm. I'm. Uh, you're. You're. You're trying to cut, lower the taxes of the millionaires and billionaires. I mean, they use that term over and over again. The billionaires and billionaires. And whenever I hear a politician talk that way, I know that he is either a communist or simply being, you know, mesmerized by the, the far left. But Sam, sit phrase,
0: tight.
2: I'm going to take, yeah. take a
1: brief break. We'll come right back. Please sit tight. You're listening to. Uh, Chuck Moore speaks Monday through Friday, noon to 2. I haven't taken any breaks this hour, but we'll be right back. Please stay tuned. Okay. speaks. Hour number two. You're welcome to join the program, three four seven three two seven nine eight four nine. That number again is three four seven three two seven nine eight four nine. like to welcome aboard Cyber Station USA Radio Network, our producing station, and of course, our online partner, Blog Talk Radio. My guest is Dr. Samuel L. Blumenfeld, the author of Trojan Horse and American Education, The Whole Language OBE Fraud, and other excellent books. Sam, we're talking about uh, before we get, we came back from the break. We were talking a little bit about the Warren Brown uh, debate tonight on
2: Channel Two. Yes, yes. Uh, well, you know, um, she's the only thing that the left has. I mean, their arguments basically is that all of Republicans are liars and all. Well, you know, Republicans- Sam, I,
1: I I want to comment on that because I think that this was a deliberate um, piece of strategy this particular time around. And I think that it came from Netroots Nation. That's my opinion. I don't know that, but I know it that came I attended. From, uh, came,
2: it came from what?
1: Netroots Nation. Netroots oh. Nation is an organization that holds a, an annual conference. It's a left-wing group where you get left-wing bloggers and media people all come together for a big, big powwow once a year and they uh, you know they talk they have meetings and conferences Elizabeth Warren was there I was it was, this year it was in Providence Rhode Island so I actually attended it um along with my uh, former co-host and we wow. broadcasted from there and uh, Elizabeth Warren was there there were other people there speaking um she was awful in my opinion but uh, they were talking they had strategy meetings and they they sent out directives and uh, the main speaker by the way was Van Jones who um, he's one of uh, he was one of uh, President Obama's czars until um, Glenn Beck exposed him as having been a member of the Communist Party. Wow. Um, but uh, but what was what I think was done I think that they all they do make decisions with regards to strategy. Many of their meetings are off the record, and um, I think based upon what I could glean that it was decided at Netroots Nation. That the best way to deal with this election this year and with the Republicans, uh, whether it be Romney or whether it be uh, congressional races, was just to simply say that any time they open their mouth to just say, liar, liar, you're lying, right,
0: you know, just right, whatever
1: right, right. it is, it doesn't matter what they say, whether it's true, whether it's half true, doesn't matter, just whatever it is, just say use the word liar constantly. And uh, and I think that's what they've done. And if, if you watch MSNBC, that's what their entire broadcast is about. This is a lie. That's a lie. Everyone's lying. And uh, it's ugly. You know, it's uh, it, you know, I guess that they decided they weren't going to play the race card because that wasn't going to work. Uh, the war on women hasn't gone all too well for them, given the fact that Romney now has pulled up to almost equal amongst women voters, according to the last Pew poll. But what they would do is just simply kept keep intoning this idea that the Republicans are lying about any number of things. And, of yeah. course, in a campaign, there are exaggerations on all sides. I mean, that's part of what, what goes on. People basically present their side of the story, and they don't emphasize the other side. You know, that's – you know, I, I mean, I suppose – you know, I mean, in the ultimate sense, we could call any anything, almost anything, a lie – but but the the lack of civility with regard to making this into a tactic and just empty, in a very empty way just screaming liar every time someone opens their mouth, it's really – I think it's brought the tone of the campaign into a very low point, yeah. and I don't think it's going to work for them. Plus, the thing is that the entire left-wing edifice is based upon a lie. I mean, you know, like my the, one of the earliest memories I have as a child – was when my mother uses, you know, like any mother uses various expressions, and and one of them, of course, is a very famous one, and that is, people in glass houses shouldn't throw bricks.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know,
1: the idea of of the you know, people supporting Obama, talking about lying, <laughs> I mean, really,
0: yeah.
2: Well. It's, it's uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's 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 very much a liar himself. Everybody knows that he's been lying through his teeth. For four years, of course, and uh, it's interesting that um, uh, the um, World Net Daily uh, states that Obama attended the wedding of a VP debate moderator. That's interesting. Yeah, apparently,
1: yeah. The uh, what is her name? Raditz She's yeah. going to be the moderator for tomorrow's debate between Paul Ryan and um, and the what's his name. And, um, you know, Biden. And and apparently she attended Obama's wedding.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Talk about bias.
1: laughs> anyway, Sam, we're going to take a brief break. Sit tight. We'll be okay. right back. You're listening to Chuck Moore Speaks.
0: We back, hour
1: number two of Chuck Moore Speaks. I'd like to welcome aboard our affiliate stations, WWPRAM in Tampa Bay, Florida, KSKQ-FM in Ashland, Oregon, and, of course, Cyber Station USA Radio Network, our host station, and our online partners, Blog Talk Radio. We're also available on Stitches, which is an app that you can download and listen to this program on your cell phone or anywhere else. And we're on iTunes. Welcome aboard. You're welcome to join the conversation. We're nine eight four nine. 347-327-9849. That number again is 347-327-9849. And we're holding over Sam Blumenfeld, uh, who is the author of the NEA Trojan Horse in American Education, The Whole Language OBE Fraud. Sam, we're talking about lies and truth. Um, We're talking about Warren and Scott Brown, their debate tonight, and um, and how I think she exemplifies everything that um, this campaign's about. And I'm not oh, yeah. talking about the lies, you know, the, the fact that she's a hack and a corporate lawyer who has screwed working people and made a ton of money doing it, and she's one of the millionaires and billionaires. But this overall attack on success. I I think that the left has really miscalculated in their attack, besides the whole business of just calling everyone a liar.
2: This idea uh, that there's
1: something bad about Mitt Romney for being a successful businessman. They they don't get the fact that most Americans admire that, that this is good. This is not a bad thing. We all want to be more successful. This is something that, resonates. He represents the atypical American, someone who worked hard for many, many years and became extremely successful. He knows how to do that. We want him to be there, not only because we want him to show the rest of us how to do it, but because we all want to see our economy and our nation making more money. We want to see businesses start to invest and expand and develop infrastructure and hire people. We want to see creativity and all of the wonderful things that go into creating wealth as a byproduct of creating goods and services without the government interfering with bad regulation. We don't buy the idea that uh, the government needs more money in taxes by taxing people because we know that, first of all, the government has enough money and that they can use the money more sensibly, for doing the things that we expect them to do, but that if they leave us alone and we start to function again and we start to make money again and and become freer, then they're going to get more money through more taxes because there'll be more people working and there'll be more income to tax. And also we don't like the idea of uh, stimulating the economy by having the uh, federal government borrow from the big Wall Street banks and pay them enormous sums of interest those being very liberal banks so that and then taking the money and handing it out to cronies and hacks on government public payrolls which is what obama did with the stimulus package and which is what he did by increasing the national debt by 4 trillion dollars instead we recognize that the economy can be stimulated by leaving money in the pockets of those who earned it that's what you know you know i agree with obama on the on the on the face of it which is that by pumping a a trillion dollars into the economy, the economy is going to be stimulated. The difference is that rather than borrow it, as I said, from these banks and pay interest and handing out to hacks and having it under the government control, the way you create that trillion dollars is to leave it alone. Let people keep more of that which they've earned. Well, you know, if we're going to reelect Obama, there's going to be the biggest tax increase in the history of this country, and it's going to happen right away. It's going to happen right in January of next year. There's going to be all the Obamacare taxes that are going to kick in. There's going to be the taxes that will result from the so-called expiration of the Bush tax cuts, which is a tax increase and a big one. And we're also going to have an unaccountable president who will never have to stand for election again and who will be able to do extraordinary things in terms of uh, executive orders and and moving the country more toward a, a uh, an international Paradigm, Sam?
2: Yes, and I, I wish that we knew more about how um, Romney was able to take the Olympic scandal uh, in Utah and turn it around, and and uh, it was headed toward disaster, and yet he he turned it around and turned it into a great success. That's right. And that's a story that should really be told because that 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 tells you how the man operates. What he has to do to take a failure and turn it into a success, and I haven't seen too much about that except just the, just the general idea that he knows how to uh, take a failed uh, project yeah. and then turn it around. I think we should
1: talk more about bank capital too. I mean, they act oh, like yes. this is a liability. He's created hundreds of thousands of jobs. You know, yes. I mean, and also he's taken risk, and there's been some failures. Mitt Romney has. You know he's experienced the real world. I mean, he's had successes and he's had failures. That's a good thing, not a bad thing.
2: Yes. Incidentally, there's a new uh, a new element now in the uh, Obama uh, biography. It turns out that he's been wearing a ring on his finger, Right. a ring that he is uh, that he has been wearing before he was married. This right. is uh, uh, on his. On his wedding ring finger, uh, as an unmarried student, uh, he's been wearing this gold ring that says on it, there is no God except Allah.
0: You're Isn't kidding. Isn't that
2: interesting? No, Can no. Can you it's, prove it's, that it's, so? now on, it's now on World Net Daily, and, and uh, it says, as a student at Harvard Law School, then bachelor Barack Obama's practice of wearing a gold band on his wedding ring finger puzzled, His colleagues, now newly published photographs of Obama Mm. from the 1980s, show that the ring Obama wore on his wedding ring finger as an unmarried student is the same ring Michelle Robinson put on his finger at the couple's wedding ceremony in 1992. Moreover, according to that, in other words, she used that as the wedding ring, you see. He took it off his finger and put it back on. And obviously
1: Obama knows what that means. He knows what the ring stands for. I mean, he wouldn't have it on if it didn't.
2: That's right. It says, moreover, according to Arabic language and Islamic experts, the ring Obama has been wearing for more than 30 years is adorned with the first part of the Islamic Declaration of Faith, the Shahada. There is no God except Allah. So that's another interesting. You know, little, I'm looking um, at,
1: at pictures of that. He hold, he's holding his hand up and yes. exposing the ring while he was speaking in
2: Cairo. Right, <coughs> and and apparently they can read the inscription on Obama's ring. They have a uh, blow up of the ring and the inscription.
1: So, Isn't that uh, amazing?
2: Yeah, it says Egyptian-born Islamic scholar Marque Gabriel examined photographs of Obama's ring at WN World Net Daily's request Mm. and concluded that the first half of the Shahada is inscribed on it. Isn't that interesting? Huh? That's just another one of these But
1: but (laughs) if you and I bring this up, we're called haters.
2: (laughs) Right, right exactly. Uh,
1: Exactly. It's kind of just, it's either true or it isn't. I mean, this is just news.
0: There is, here it is, that.
1: Obama's ring. There is no God but Allah. This is the front page of World Net Daily, which, in in the interest of full disclosure,
0: I should uh-huh. mention
1: published my book, The Nazi, and proudly, The Nazi yeah. Connection to Islamic Terrorism. Yeah, this is um, – it's a front page story over there. This is yeah. – um, <laughs> who, who – is, uh, is this is Jerry. Let me guess. Jerry Corsi yeah. might be – oh, yep, there he is, Jerry Corsi. Yeah. I've interviewed him. He's a great guy. And
2: there they have the uh, and they have the blow up of the ring, with the <clears throat> showing the original script. And yeah, they uh, show the ring.
1: It says, as a student at Harvard Law School, then bachelor Barack Obama's practice of wearing a gold band on his wedding ring finger puzzled his colleagues. As you say, now newly published photographs of Obama from the 1980s show that the ring Obama wore on his wedding ring finger. As an unmarried student, is the same ring Michelle Robinson put on his finger at the couple's wedding ceremony in 1992. So they show the ring; they show it a close-up of it. This yeah, is and, a if thing if you go,
2: and if you scroll down further, they show a close-up of the uh, of the script of the inscription. Yeah. The now is this something
1: it. that is common? And, and by the way, I just want to be clear: the, you know, there's nothing wrong with Muslims wearing that ring. That is what their faith
0: calls right. for. The question
1: is, why is Obama, who has denied this, wearing the ring, and is he doing so consciously? Now, the script, they have a close-up of the ring, and then they show the script, which is an Arabic symbol. Um, And as you say, it means uh, it's the uh, Shahada, the declaration of faith. It's like in Judaism, our declaration is the Shema, which is, Here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The, the the Muslim the Muslim declaration is uh, you know Allah is God whatever it is but the point is that this is a symbol of that that is recognized apparently in 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 Muslim uh, theology.
2: As a matter of fact, the article states that filmmaker Joel Gilbert, an mm-hmm. expert on Islamic history, noted Obama wore the ring during his high-profile speech in Cairo on June 4, 2009, in the first months of his presidency. Now we have a new context for what Obama meant when he told the Islamic audience in Cairo that he has known Islam on three continents,
1: Gilbert said. known it intimately, apparently, and right. they show and there's a picture of him at that speech in Cairo holding the ring right. finger up.
2: <laughs> you see that
1: It's on World Daily. Yes, <laughs>
2: I'm looking at it right now, and Gilbert said, we also told the he also told the Cairo audience that he considered it part of his responsibility as President of the United States. To fight against negative stereotypes of Islam wherever they appear.
1: Well, I don't All mind this, that. I just yeah. uh, I didn't like the fact that he um, he he seemed to make up a lot of history about Islamic influence on on America. It just hasn't oh, really been yeah. there. You know, the, the, it's untrue. I mean, I I I really care about an accurate depiction of history, and yeah. uh, I don't mind taking a look at moderate aspects of islamic history or saying that you want to promote moderate islam in fact a regular guest on this program dr zudi jasser is uh-huh. a, is an islamic doctor who is doing just that in the united states and he's come out vigorously condemning the jihadists and the and the radicals and uh, groups like care very courageous man by the way you know he's um, he's pointed out that care is connected to the muslim brotherhood which he condemns yeah. Right,
0: and, and if, know, if and that's it,
1: what Obama is saying, I'm I'm all for that. But um, you know, the, this idea—I don't know—it's just—it's deceptive. The the idea that he's got an Islamic symbol on his well, on uh, ring finger.
2: Yeah. Well, incidentally, uh, there's also another picture of you keep scrolling down. It says the photographs published last week by New Yorker Magazine indicate Obama was wearing the ring at Occidental College.
1: Right yeah, wonderful. there's a picture of him there well, with a friend and right. picking up a there's a picture of him as a young man at Occidental College. You can clearly see the ring there. So and then this they they it. do a close up of that and that yeah, it looks like this the ring 1981.
2: that's nineteen eighty one. This is nineteen eighty one and he's wearing the same ring. So he must have gotten the ring when he was probably in Indonesia. Maybe his father gave it to him. I right. mean
1: his that's adopted right. father.
2: His adopted father.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that it's clear that um, Barack Obama at least has been a Muslim. And according to Islamic law, Islam is a patrilineal faith anyway. If your father was Muslim, you're a Muslim. Right. And his father was Muslim. I mean, there's no question about that. His middle name, Hussein, is a name that's only given to Muslims. Right, um, right. You know, it's sort of like in Judaism, it's a matrilineal. If your mother, your mother is Jewish, you're Jewish.
2: Right, right.
1: So in that sense,
2: he is Muslim. Not well, to the yeah, in that sense, and he's wearing a ring that, you know, that, that he got when he was uh, uh, a de facto Muslim in Indonesia. In other words, that was probably a ring that he got from his father when he adopted him, and he became uh, a um, a Muslim. So this is very interesting, all of this coming out right now, you see, so... <laughs> Things can work Uh, on both sides of the aisle. Well, here's some
1: here's some particulars on um, that are published in the Wilderness Daily article. Um, uh, Thirty-three reasons why Obama is not Christian. It says again. I mean, that's this is just it's just a matter of we should know the religion of our leaders. And certainly Mitt Romney has come under criticism for being a Mormon. Oh
2: yeah, and including himself, you know. Reed, who is a Mormon, who is cri- criticizing uh yeah. Romney. Isn't that ridiculous? Oh,
1: you know, I had someone speaking of that, Sam, I had someone on this program both before and my own and, and in my own who I believe she's a paid hack. She's a PR person. Someone has written a check to her. But she's yeah. travelling around the country doing conservative radio shows, claiming to be a conservative and talking about how we cannot elect a Mormon president because they're, they take a blood oath and and whatnot, and uh, that they're involved with sinister things. And uh, my response to her was that, look, I'm not comfortable with the blood oaths, and I don't like secret societies, and that certainly Mormonism has that element to it. It, it originally was a Masonic movement, but the fact is that that's how things have been done in this country. We've had many presidents who have been members of secret societies, including George Washington, and that uh, we were all chagrined to find out in 2004 that both George W. Bush and John Kerry, the two major candidates, had been taking blood oaths as members of Skull and Bones. Now, uh, you know, we've talked about this. I don't like it. I, I think that we should not have that in in our public life, but to single Mitt Romney out because he's a Mormon and say that he's done this and taken these oaths it's a it's 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 a vicious attempt by this paid hack I'm not even going to mention her name mm-hmm. to try to peel off conservative Christian votes by creating suspicion and distrust and sowing poisonous seeds as it were, to try to get Christians to not vote for Mitt Romney.
2: Well, I mean, it's a ridiculous, the whole idea. I, I, everybody knows that they would use his Mormon background and, you know, try to make something negative of it.
1: But it to suggest that, that he's much, not that, a much loyal
2: much. American
1: because yeah, he that, took that's Mormon oaths.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, it's, it's just nasty. And then she well, went on to say that his tithing, the money went to pay for Mormon, uh, you know, private businesses, which is, of course, untrue because – if that happened, then they would be in violation of their 901c3 status, and they would have looked, they would have gone to jail. I mean, you can't take money out of a charity and invest it into a private business. No, you
2: know, they I would, mean, yeah, the that's money – the, uh, the charities – his listing of charities shows that he donated money to the Mormon church, that personal money. It's nothing from Bain Capital. No, this but the point is money. that they're saying
1: that the Mormon Church doesn't actually use it for charity. They're using it to invest in private businesses, and that Mitt Romney knows this, and
0: that's
2: no, she's well, spreading that's that kind of.
1: Of course, I mean they would have lost their. They would have lost uh, look, their. You
2: know, look at church. I. I live in this area, and for months, I saw how the Mormon temple was being built in Belmont, and right. that cost a lot of money, and it's that's obvious right. that. Um, uh, that Romney contributed to the building of that temple. And, anyway, uh, back nothing, to Obama's... There's nothing economic about it. No, no that's No right. private business, yeah. Back to Obama's
1: Muslim background. Number one, his father and stepfather were Muslims.
2: Right. Number
1: two, Hussein is a Muslim name reserved only for Muslims by the Islamic creed. Right. Number three, four years of Indonesian school enrollment records reveal his religion as Islam. Number four, his children get no Christmas gifts, which is a Muslim tradition. Number five, he wears no jewelry during Ramadan, Muslim tradition. I don't know. Does he take the ring off? I (laughs) Uh, Number six, Obama Obama employed several Nation of Islam members in high positions on his Illinois and U.S. Senate campaign and office staffs. Number seven, Senator Obama stated that Israel is the cause of all Middle East problems, and he is to- towing the Muslim line that Israel is an apartheid state. Now, that I hadn't heard. I don't know. Does he come out and say that?
2: Well, maybe, maybe he said it in private. You know, one thing we do no. know he said uh, he agreed with Sarkozy. Sarkozy accused Net- Netanyahu as being a liar. And. Uh, Obama's reply, and this was a, a, a mic that was supposed to have been closed. Right. Sure. He said, uh, But I have to deal with him every day, you know, as if he agreed with yeah. uh, Sarkozy and Netanyahu was a liar. Well,
1: that's that's like the Jimmy Carter stuff, too, with the apartheid. Yeah. And Carter's library, of course, is funded, according to Alan Dershowitz, by a large grant from the Saudis. Anyway, number eight, Senator Barack and Michelle Obama have attended several Arab fundraisers and have had meetings with Palestinian activist PLO Arafat advisor Edward Said right. who was very anti-Israel and very very much was a man of the left he right. actually stood on the border of Israel in Lebanon through rocks just as a symbolic act uh, number 9, Senator Hillary Clinton 2008 campaign to disclosed details of Obama's Muslim past and concluded he concealed his Prior Muslim faith. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's that's enough on that.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Very, anyway, very interesting. it's
2: a, it's another interesting uh, uh, bit of information about this man's uh, Islamic background, and which which would reveal why he is acting the way he does when it comes to uh, the Arab Spring and and Syria and. Uh, you see, the, I believe that one of the reasons why he, he is not interfering in Syria is mm-hmm. because he knows that Syria is uh, an ally of uh, Iran.
1: Of Iran.
2: Yep. And uh, he doesn't want to change that, you see.
1: Oh, they're not uh, going to go anywhere. The Syrians, uh, you yeah, know, the Iranians would I, – I actually I, – I, Sam, when I was flying back from Europe this summer, I, I had a man sitting next to me who was a major – Iranian dissident uh-huh. who uh we he showed me some videos with him with several US senators meeting in Washington. He's meet, he's met with both Democrats and Republicans. Yeah, you know, he's a, he was a major player. And we uh-huh. had a pretty long talk about the Middle East and he said to me that um we're not going to see the Syrians go anywhere. He says if the Syrians are defeated and Assad is forced to leave that country, the Iranians will have a heart attack. He says they will yeah. not let that happen. And it hasn't happened. I thought, that, because at the time I said, you know, it looks like Assad is not going to last much longer. And he goes, oh, no, you watch. He's not going anywhere. He's there. I mean, they're not going to let him go. And, uh, and that's what's happened. I don't know who they means. I don't think he meant Obama. He didn't seem to have any information on that. But well, you know. He's still there.
2: Exactly. And and I would say that that's the reason why Obama has decided not to interfere because uh he approves of the the fact that I, uh, Iran has a influence in Syria which then has influence in Lebanon with Hezbollah and also with Hamas Iraq. in in Gaza
1: and in and, Iraq apparently according right. to my my friend the dissident who I flew with he said that that uh, Iran has made major inroads into Iraq and that um, it was a, he feels that it was a mistake to get rid of Saddam Hussein. He yeah, said that yeah. Saddam Hussein, as bad as he was, was a strong man in the region, standing up to Iran. Now Iran has full reign over there. I mean, in terms of um, of moving in. And and I think it, it might be noted that um, that Mitt Romney during his foreign policy speech at VMI said clearly that he feels that the United States should take a fairly active role in helping the uh, certain elements of the rebels who are proven to be on our side. I'm not sure exactly who that would be, but the fact is that, um, that well, Assad has uh, murdered something like 3,000 3, of his own people, and he's, he's bombing his own country, and um, – and, and and basically romney simply stated that we should aid our allies he mentioned the turks in particular who are dealing with a war situation on their border and that that um that we need to supply them i mean i, I you know I, I think that that's a case to be made
2: yeah well whatever the whatever you know there there are always uh, issues that you can argue on both sides sure but i'm I'm very suspicious of why we were willing to um, uh, be very aggressive in getting rid of Mubarak, Mm. but uh, have not been very, um, you know. For example, when when the uh, youth in Iran rebelled against its government, Obama sat on his hands. Do you remember that? Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Even now, they just are rebelling and he's saying nothing. There's right. a major the, rebellion in Iran about uh, the, the the devaluing the ex- of their currency.
2: Right. The exchange Although rate Obama will that.
1: say now that he's put in place sanctions. I mean, he has. Although yeah. I, I understand and that they there are, are, are hurting.
2: They yeah, but hurting.
1: Romney has brought up the fact that there are several major exemptions to those sanctions. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it's a complicated story.
2: So, so the fact that he did not encourage those young people uh, to change their government, which had they done that, would have you know solved the problem of the uh, of the nuclear program Iran's nuclear program. Uh, he he said nothing. He right. let the government of Iran you know pummel them and and kill them and imprison them and turn them into martyrs. Uh, and so what you have in Iran is an underground movement of resentment and resistance against that government and yet we've done nothing really to um uh, encourage that as far as i know maybe they're doing something on the uh, you know on the secret side but uh, no I mean, look so, and i
1: think that uh, that uh, former un secretary john bolton has has put it best when he points out that um in general, I think we could say, putting aside even the Middle East, that uh, the Obama administration, foreign policy, and American stand in the world today is diminished. That uh, that we are weakened, that we have lost our moral authority, we have lost our position of strength, um, and that that's manifested itself in various ways in the Middle East, both with the proliferation of, of Iranian nuclear development, with an increase in Iranian influence, with the Muslim Brotherhood um, development in in uh, Egypt, uh, with possible radicals taking over in Libya, although that government actually seems to be somewhat better than we thought, um, and with the um, the economic looming economic disasters in Europe, you know, I right. mean that that if the United States had been in a position where we took moral positions in the world, where we made strong you know, the United States, we're the one-world superpower. Even even a, a a speech or a public comment can have a huge impact psychologically. I mean, Franklin Roosevelt had a huge impact when he demanded unconditional surrender of the Nazis at the Casablanca Conference in 1942. You know, it was a strong statement of America's position. It He contrasted the evil of Nazism with the United States. Ronald Reagan did it in his speech in Britain when he spoke of the Soviet Union as an evil empire. And he rallied forces, he rallied allies around to really go after the Soviet Union. It led to the collapse of the Soviet Union without a shot, no war. It was just uh, he put in tough economic sanctions, he, and he, he basically clearly delineated the difference between our superior system and their oppressive system. I think George W. Bush did it after 9-11 when he pointed out the axis of evil and when he pointed out the nature of the enemy that we're confronting and that we would have to deal with uh, fighting an unconventional war against international terrorism that might include uh, states that were not directly involved. He laid out a Bush doctrine, and I think it kept the country safe. But Obama has not really done this. He has not Asserted America's identity in the world Why we are a um, a unique country What it is that made us great And how that contrasts with our enemies Why their system is inferior to ours That has not been done And I know this may seem like you know, a stylistic matter But it goes a long way A president has to do that And I think Mitt Romney is doing it I think he did it in that speech He's not as articulate, maybe, as a Reagan. I mean, he's not quite that accomplished as a as a as a public figure. But I think he has the potential to be. You know, I mean, he has this amazing ability. He's an amazing man, uh, Mitt Romney. You and I remember you and I met Romney, Sam,
2: during my oh, campaign yes, uh, many years ago uh, when he was running for governor. Of That's right.
1: No, we met him at a party when I was running for Congress. You know, when you're running for office, you want to have somebody with you when you go out publicly. It just looks better than going out alone. And and I needed someone to be with me for that meeting, so I called you, and you came with me. And I remember that we walked up to Mitt Romney and, and engaged in uh, some small talk with him. There was one little thing I noticed about that that we, I remember. I don't know if you recall it, but it shows how Mitt Romney can be very cautious in a certain way, because he has been attacked throughout his life. You went up to Mitt Romney, and you looked him square in the eye, and you made a very complimentary comment about Mormonism. You remember that, That's Sam? That's right.
2: Oh, yes, yes.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, because <laughs> but, but, I had I, I had actually known the head of the Mormon church, you know. Um, what's his name? He was a, a secretary of agriculture under uh, Eisenhower. Benson. Yeah, Lloyd Benson, right? And I have had a, a half-hour interview with Lloyd Benson, and I just mentioned that to uh, to Romney to show him that I was sympathetic, right? To, uh, you know, to his spiritual. But Sam, side.
1: I remember there was there was it was very interesting to watch his expression. He, I don't know if you noticed it. I noticed these sort of nuances. When you first brought it up, he froze in place. His face froze for maybe about five seconds because he wasn't sure exactly where you were going with it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like, you know, he was cautious. And then once he realized that you were making, uh, you were saying something complimentary, he really, he relaxed. But yeah. there was a moment there when he was ready for something that was going to be tough. And yeah. and I think that, I think that what I saw there was, not necessarily a problem for Mitt Romney, but that he is very cautious and he is very per- private about very these sorts of Very sensitive.
2: Was sensitive to that whole yeah. that whole issue. You know, and the reason religion. he's
1: sensitive is because he has been attacked for being a Mormon for his entire life.
2: Mormons. Well, not, are, not, are, not, are, only, not only he's been attacked, but the Mormon religion in general oh,
1: yeah. has and been for under attack by, by, by evangelicals. From both the left and the right, they don't. Yeah. They're very unpopular. So there's, I think there are several things that make Mitt Romney reticent about communicating as clearly as he might. And there are two things I think. Firstly, it's the Mormon thing, and that he feels on the defensive because Mormonism is not understood. It is not popular, and he's. Well,
2: listen almost, and look at this. there's a, there's a musical in on Broadway about Mormonism. Right. That's Very insulting, but but supposed to be very funny. That's right. People go. People go there uh, to this show, which I I believe has a backup of people who want to see it, which is very mocking of Mormonism. Yeah,
1: and apparently there's a long line to get in. I mean, there's like you have to book months in advance. But but so 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 Mormons, it's very. uh, The second issue, Sam, and you might remember this one.
2: But but can but, you imagine what would happen if a play came out mocking Islam? Yeah, you know, or Judaism. they the theater down.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you just don't do it. That's right. Yeah, and, that's right. And
2: they'd kill the actors.
1: That's right. But but the point is, so he's sensitive about that. The second issue is that Mitt Romney's father, George Romney, when he ran for president in 1968, he was interviewed by a, a local newspaper in Michigan, and he made a comment that – I don't exactly know what it was, but it had something to do with the Vietnam War. And he had made reference to having been brainwashed but yes, in terms of yes. his opinion. I don't right. know if you remember the exact comment. Oh, uh, but it was, well, I don't
2: remember the exact words, but it was about that. He admitted being brainwashed about Vietnam.
1: That's right. But the point is that it was taken by his opponents – And magnified to the point where it was held up as an example of George Romney being crazy, that he had been brainwashed, that he was not a sane person, that he was not fit to hold public office because of this. And that echoed through the media, and it hurt him to the point where it contributed greatly to the demise of his campaign, and and it tarred him for the rest of his life. I mean, it's what people remembered about George Romney, and I think that Mitt Romney remembers that experience, and as a result, he is very, very cautious about saying something that is going to be another example of this because he saw what happened to his father, and the well, result is
2: you remember when George Stephanopoulos wanted to uh, catch him. What was it on the abortion issue? Or something yeah, somebody. Like but that. are you against birth yeah. control?
1: And Mitt Romney's was, was shrugged his shoulders and said, "What are you talking about? This isn't an issue." Right. But, but the point um, is that
2: it, you know and maybe then I'm Stephanopoulos getting. Stephanopoulos did, did it twice. He would yeah, not Yeah, twice.
1: He wouldn't let go of it. But yes. but the thing is, Sam, that maybe I'm getting a little too psychological here. But I think that Mitt Romney can, at times, because he's overcompensating. With regards to being too cautious about saying something that might be a little offbeat or might not sound right, he overcompensates and then he does say these things that are awkward, you know, because of of the of an attempt to try to not do it. You know, it's kind of maybe I'm being too psychological here, but uh, well, the,
2: the worst thing you could say is the Big Bird thing, but that was, well, that was no, I mean,
1: he he makes these he, even as governor, sometimes he makes these rather awkward statements. That don't come out quite right. It's not really what he means, but it yes. looks odd. And I think what do you it's mean because like
2: the, and they're going to take him to task for that thirty-five uh, yeah, percent quote. That's,
1: I think that's actually going to help Romney. But the point is that he, uh, you know, I think it's this is why Mitt Romney sometimes comes across publicly as being not who he really is. He's not totally comfortable. But the fact is that. Mitt Romney is, is, as a person, is brilliant, and he's and he's very funny and engaging, and he's a great man. I mean, he's he's no, like a you
2: know, he knows very well that the left is listening to every oh, yeah. single word he says, and they will take any bone that he will throw them,
0: and, Oh absolutely and, you know, and
2: magnify it. So he's aware of he's, that. He's you know, and that. And Stephanopoulos made him a, more than aware of that.
1: That's right, no, that's and that pretty- backfired on Stephanopoulos because it looked, it was so obviously partisan. I mean, he was just trying to get him. Yeah. And and look, I think that uh, I mean I even experienced this a little bit in my own um, in my own campaign. When I remember going to a board meeting at the New Bedford Standard Times, they were very hostile toward me. They did not like the fact that I was running against Barney Frank.
0: Right. And
1: I remember that I was there at that meeting with uh, with Ben Kilgore, who was my media director. And every single little word. I mean, you know, if if you sighed wrong, or if you if you if you moaned, or if you, you know if you if you burped, they were there hanging on it. And you know, they would ask a question, and you would pause, and think, and and wait and there'd be a dead silence like you could hear a pin drop and then you would slowly come out with a very careful answer watching every single word because they were waiting for me to 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 trip up they were asking me trick questions you know they even asked me that one that was really a cheap shot they wanted to they mentioned well you're really running in quite a district you know it includes Rehoboth and and uh, they mentioned a couple of towns that are not in the district, seeing if they could catch me. <laughs> and and I at that point I said, no, those aren't in the district. You know, you're going to have to try better to fool me next time. I know yeah. the towns in the district. But I'm just saying that it was so hostile that that and that's nothing compared to what a guy like Mitt Romney has to deal with every day. I mean, this is uh, this is where the world he lives in. This is why Mitt Romney, I think, at this point. Is prepared to be the president of the United States. He has dealt well, with this kind of know, adversity,
2: and, and, and I will I will point out one one thing that he did, which I don't particularly care for, but I know why he did it. He made he said some complimentary things about Arnie uh, Duncan. Right. And the uh, race to the top, which of course is a is a lot of bull. Yeah, that's but right. But nevertheless, but because he wanted, he did not want to say anything that would turn, you know, that whole thing against him as far as education is concerned. I certainly believe that the Fed government should get out of the education business and return yeah. the public schools to their local, uh, you know, owners their their local uh, constituents. Um, but, of course, he's not going to say that now. Maybe after he's elected. Right. After he's elected, as a matter of fact, I'm going to write an open letter mm-hmm. to President uh, uh, President Romney on why he should get rid of the Department of Education and why he should get uh, send the, the public schools back to their local uh, constituents and, and not. Because... All of the trends now that are going on in, uh, in the federal government are for the creation of a national education system like yeah. the French have or like the Germans have, you know, with a Ministry of Education. And that's what the Common Cause standards are all about, is to right. create a national education system totally, you know, beyond the control of any local people. And um, that has to be stopped. And Absolutely. you have people like Jeb, Jeb Bush who is going in that direction, uh, even though they they believe in giving parents uh, freedom to go to to uh, uh, attend charter schools or private schools uh, and even homeschooling. So uh, I, I can see why he was he paid compliments to uh, Arnie Duncan and race to the top. That so the the left can't complain about that. They can't attack yeah. him on the issue of education. I thought that was brilliant, even though well, I didn't agree you know, with it. Up, you know.
1: I, I don't know if he'll go as far as we'd like, Sam, in terms of getting rid of the edu- you know, Department well, of Education. Well, we'll see but what but happens
2: after he's elected.
1: Yeah, once but he's elected mean, uh, once...
2: incident, incidentally, if any of your listeners want to read my articles yeah. in the uh, New American, in, uh, in which I write you know, uh, a great deal about what is going on, In American Education, they ought to go to the New American and then click on Opinion Reviews, and then it'll come down and it'll say Opinion, click on Opinion, and then they'll be able to get to my articles in in, uh, uh, the New American. And, And Sam, you have
1: quite an archive there. So it's New American, click Opinion, and you'll get Sam Blumenfeld's archive of articles, most of which deal with education. And, Sam, you're talking about the core curriculum, which is very troubling. It's it's a nationalization of education at a level that is unprecedented. This, again, is one of the reasons why I think that um, the establishment will not let Obama lose. He's got that whole educrat establishment behind him. Can you imagine how much money we can save? And and you want to talk about balancing the budget and and asking Mitt Romney specifics about what he might do to cut unnecessary expenses – I bet you that they could save probably billions you know, of dollars, tens of billions of dollars, if they cut out all these left wing education bureaucrats who aren't doing a damn thing to educate anyone in this country.
2: You know, hey, I mean, you're absolutely this is, right. I mean, that's yeah. one way to save money. I mean, if we have to borrow money from China to create a federal education system, then, you know, we ought to get rid of it.
0: But he's uh,
2: uh,
1: Romney's not going to say that because that's a hornet's nest. And exactly. And, and yet at the same time, look at Scott Walker took him on and won. He got yes. 53% yes. of the vote in Wisconsin. I mean, I, I
2: you know, I think that, uh, you know, you can do it at a state level, but you can't do it federally at this time. You know, not right. with the Elementary and Secondary Education Act, you know. But in any case, uh, uh, Chuck, it's been a great pleasure being with you today. Thank you, Sam. And uh, I hope to be with you next Wednesday also. And that will be after the uh, the vice president uh, uh, presidential debate. Uh, exactly. We'll uh, talk debate. about the vice
1: president's debate, which is tomorrow night. And tonight, of course, if you're from Massachusetts, check out Hiawatha Warren debating Scott Brown. <laughs> Hiawatha
0: <laughs>
2: and, Warren. I and uh, like that, that should be
1: interesting, because I think that has national implications. She okay. represents the Democratic Party uh, this time around. She's the great hero of the left, and we should take a look at exactly who she is and what she stands for. Anyway, every, Sam, thanks a And, and, and
2: I, I will wince every time she talks about the millionaires and billionaires. The millionaires
1: and the billionaires, except for her own... <laughs> Multi she's got more corporate donors than any candidate in the campaign. Anyway, right, Sam, buddy. I'll talk to you next week.
2: Okay. Thank you. Bye. All right,
1: thank you. We'll be right back. We'll take a brief break. And we are back. Three four seven three two seven nine eight four nine. 347 9849 if you'd like to join me for the final segment here. I have just enough time, I think, to read my latest post, which is up on my blog site, Chuck Moore Speaks, uh, and you can view it for yourself if you'd like. I just wrote this literally maybe as a little show prep. Um, what the left doesn't get about Romney. The left has been honest in how they have depicted Mitt Romney. Their honesty is their biggest weakness, and they don't know it. The main attack against Mitt Romney from the left actually accentuates his biggest asset, an asset that resonates with the majority of Americans. That asset is that Mitt Romney is a successful businessman. What the left doesn't get is that most of us want America to get back to work as a nation and as an economy. We want the type of economic expansion that has been taking place, that took place in previous generations, but that has eluded America these past four years. We want businesses to invest again, to expand, to create goods and services, and to create jobs. We admire successful businessmen like Mitt Romney. We understand that the best way for our society to address poverty and other social ills is through improving business. Mitt Romney represents the aspirations of most Americans. We understand that when Barack Obama, Elizabeth Warren, and other leftists attack business and successful businessmen, they are attacking all of us. We don't believe them when they tell us that raising taxes is a virtue, because we know that they are already wasting our hard-earned tax money. We don't believe them when they talk about infrastructure development. We're expanding the national debt with another stimulus, what they are now calling infrastructure development, because we know that they're going to use the money that they borrow against our future at interest paid to their liberal friends on Wall Street to hand out to their corporate cronies and to support the bogus jobs of government hacks. We realize that the government has more than enough money now to carry forth with the programs that we want. When they attack Mitt Romney as a successful businessman, they expose the part of their psyche that has always been an alien import from Europe. Leftism has never grabbed much of a foothold in America because we are rugged individualists. We want to be more successful and self sufficient, and this is especially true of those of us who are struggling. Mitt Romney personifies this, and in this sense, he personifies the classic American archetype. We also see how empty the left's attack on Mitt Romney is. After all, Mitt Romney achieved his success the hard way, with hard work. The archetype of the successful leftist, by contrast, would be former Democratic presidential nominee John Forbes Kerry, the richest congressman in history. (laughs) He made his billion from his second wife's first husband's trust fund, The Kennedys are another example. Never worked a day in their lives. They inherited their wealth from their ancestor, who made it from bootlegging and mob connections. Prince Al Gore is another one. The most vulgar example of left-wing deception this campaign season is the left's new hero, the champion of the masses, Elizabeth Warren, running for the Senate in Massachusetts. While denigrating big corporations and millionaires and billionaires, Warren was paid a quarter of a million by traveler's insurance to screw workers with asbestos poisoning. She was paid by a coal producer to screw union workers. And she was hired by Dow Chemical to screw women who were seeking damages after being poisoned by their toxic breast implants. No, the left just doesn't get it. Anyway, that's my post today. Maybe a little more angry than my usual posts, (laughs) I suppose. Um, join me tomorrow for I've got um, Actually Dave Johnson's coming up tomorrow um, uh, Who is of course A um, a liberal um, Commentator uh, We've got a couple of other interesting guests Coming up There's There's a couple of surprises Particularly on Friday That you might want to check out In the meantime You're welcome to check out my blog site Which is Chuck Morse Speaks, or A Whig Manifesto, in fact, speaking of A Whig Manifesto, which is a book that was published by me, um, by Trine Day Books I wrote earlier this year, there will be a new press release on that next week. And uh, that could be fun. And um, check out the uh, archive of this show here at uh, Blog Talk Radio and at, of course, Cyber Station USA Radio Network. The program broadcasts Monday through Friday, noon to 2 p.m. And, of course, you're welcome. You can reach me anytime at chuckmorse4 at gmail.com. So, again, stay tuned tonight for the Hiawatha debate. That's going to be, I believe, on Channel 2 if you're a resident of Massachusetts. I think they're having it out in the Springfield uh, Symphony Hall, which is a nice place, by the way. And tomorrow night, we'll have, um, of course, the vice presidential debate between Paul Ryan and Biden. I think that Paul Ryan is going to do very well. You know, we'll have to see. Here's a little quick article on the Fox News anchor on a rampage over Romney. (laughs) What is this about? Um, You've probably seen the outrageous Associated Press photo of Mitt Romney bending over in front of a little girl with her mouth wide open. Well, one of the biggest names at Fox News, who was loved and hated by millions, is now calling for serious consequences. It's now a media giant versus a media giant. I don't know what this is about. I'm almost sorry I read that. Um, But, uh, oh, Bill (laughs) O'Reilly. They're trying to get, I don't know, they're trying to get some kind of a funny picture of Mitt Romney, like Michael Dukakis in the tank, I suppose. Anyway, that's on WorldNet Daily. I want to thank everyone for listening once again. Chuck Morse here at Chuck Morse Speaks, Monday through Friday, noon to 2 p.m. Have a good afternoon, everybody.